<laughs> Hello, fine, lovely, beautiful, wonderful people. This is Cerebral Flex. Uh, this is uh, episode 37, Sacred Geometry and Why It's Gucci. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know what you're saying. That that sacred geometry be lit. Shit's it's, lit. Shit's, shit's fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we just we had to toss in some urban vernacular to hope to get viewership up, but mm. fuck that. Anyway. First thing I'm we'll gonna discuss. I'm gonna make it hashtag. I'm gonna put a hashtag in the description. Hashtag make sacred geometry lit again. <laughs> <laughs> that goes uh, back to that gray matter matters that we knew would get flack. Yeah, know? yeah. I still <laughs> like it. I love it. I, I like it. I think it matters. I, I told anyway. I I I, I told it to a couple people and they're like no definitely not that i was like all right whatever fucking <laughs> now now that black lives matter nothing else can matter anyway. yeah exactly so <laughs> yeah there's a good little anecdote for you guys where you're in we were going to originally call cerebral flex gray matter matters <laughs> <laughs> the gray we're matter matters podcast we're like optics no good um <laughs> so yeah let's let's get into it uh first all right we're gonna we're gonna discuss the golden ratio Yep. And we're going to discuss Fibonacci and the Fibonacci sequence and how that all ties into sacred geometry and the things around us in the universe yeah. and on the planet. And then I'm going to talk about how all of those things within sacred geometry, how that's kind of buried within the psyche, how we see it in all the symbols and stuff throughout the world. I'm going to talk about how a little bit about how it satisfies satisfies the left and the right brain's desire for certain things. And then we're going to end it off with a, a little quote from, from Carl Jung. He's my boy. Um, love that man. And he actually did a lot of uh, self-reflecting and stuff with, uh, he actually drew mandalas and stuff daily. And I'll tell you what mandalas and all that are. So but let me get, let me get the screen share thingy. There we go. All right. So the golden ratio. All right. Why is this, like why is this important? All right. So let's, let's talk about the history a bit. Okay. So the golden ratio was uh, allegedly first found in the 13 books of Euclid's elements. Um, Who's Euclid? He was a mathematician from Greece. Uh, he gave us all sorts of, well, most of our geometry textbooks are based on his math. That's why uh, you Euclidean. have um, Euclidean. Oh, you were going to say it. Yeah. Euclidean geometry. So yeah. yeah um, if you download the app Euclidia, uh, yes. it's fucking phenomenal. If you can figure out how to use it. It's a little hard to figure out how to use it first. You got to use your, your brains. Yes. <laughs> yes. With sacred geometry, there is math involved because it's geometry. But it's, I think, if you're a more artistic person, geometry is a very useful thing to get into. Because, again, it's all about shapes, ratios, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so this shit... This dates back to the ancient Greek philosophers. Like, this shit is old. Right. And so Euclid, wasn't he part of the Library of Alexandria? Did we cover that? I, I don't know if he went over there, but either way. Um, I, I feel like he may have, but I don't want to misspeak on that. But yeah. Um, in book five of his 13 books, he gives the golden ratio. Um, and what are his 13 a, books? You got uh, you, you listed the 13 books. You got you to gotta talk about them. Oh, okay. Book yeah. one contains five postulates, um, including the famous parallel postulate, um, five common notions, covers important topics of plane geometry, such as the Pythagorean theorem, um, quality of angles and areas, and parallelism. 
um, the sum of angles in a triangle, the construction of various ge geometric figures. Book two contains a number of uh, lemmas concerning the equality of rectangles and squares, sometimes referred to as uh, geometric algebra. Book three dealt with circles and their uh, properties, finding the center, inscribed angles, tangents. What a fucking nerd. Yeah, he gave us the tangent, um, <laughs> sin, cosine, all that shit basically came from him. Yeah. Uh, book, book four uh, was about uh, in-circle and cir circumcircle of the triangle, as well as uh, regular polygons uh, that have four, five, six, and 15 sides. And then book five is where you get the golden ratio, yeah. where um, he gave three points. Uh, we'll get into that later. And then um, that's what we're going to talk about mostly is what he gave us in book five. Yep. And then book six uh, applied the proportions to plane geometry, especially the construction of uh, and recognition of sim similar figures. Book seven dealt with the elementary number theory, divisibility, prime numbers. He also had, uh, yeah, his prime number, uh, way he found all the prime numbers between uh, zero and like 120. Amazing. If you've never done it, it's awesome. Um, I believe that was Euclid. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, moving on. Um, book eight uh, dealt with uh, construction and existence of geometric sequences and integers. Book nine applies the results of the preceding two books. <laughs> book 10 pr proves the irrationality of the square roots of non-square integers. Um, so like a uh, square root of two, which is called, the, I believe, the Pythagorean constant. Mm -hmm. um, the square root of three is the... Oh man, I forgot. Jeez, but that's wow. another irrational we, number. We did not be as big a math nerd as Euclid, right? Damn, I can't remember what the square root of three is called. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was named after some old dudes that are dead now. So, yeah, um, some old white dudes. Olive flesh, <laughs> olive skin. Sorry, some some <laughs> olive skin white dudes. <clears throat> uh, book eleven. Generalize the results of book six to solid figures, perpendicularity, parallelism. That's a hard word to say for me. Volumes and similarity of parallel, um, parallelipipeds. Never heard of that one before. Parallelipipeds. Yes. That's say how say you that say one that. five times fast. <laughs> parallelipipeds. I don't know what a parallelipiped even is, so. Shall we, shall we find out? <laughs> no, fuck it. We, we don't have time. No, book fuck 12. it. <laughs> Book 12 <laughs> studies the volumes of cones, pyramids, and cylinders in uh, detail by using the method of exhaustion, a precursor to integration, and shows, for example, that the volume of a cone is a third of the volume of the corresponding cylinder. It concludes by showing that the volume of a sphere is proportional to the cube of its radius and uh, by approximating its volume by a union of many pyramids, because the dude was a G. And you, and, can the see, book... and you can see in book 12 that he hasn't had sex in a really long time, because <laughs> now he's, he's focusing on cylindrical <laughs> objects. Uh, and book 13 constructs the five regular... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> book 13 constructs the five regular platonic solids inscribed in a sphere and compares the ratios of their edges to the radius of the sphere. And I didn't want to get too much into those books, but uh, many argue that 
the golden ratio itself came from a guy named uh, Eudoxus of Nidus um, from 408 to 355 BC. And that Euclid kind of like ganked the idea, but no one knows because, you know, that's what happens with history. People have wars and all sorts of histories lost. Look at our Library of Alexandria mm. episode to find more out about that. Um, but yeah, Euclid was an ancient Greek astronomer, mathematician, scholar, and student of um, Archytas and Plato. And all of his works are lost. And uh, the Golden Ratio was recorded by Aristotle, Pythagoras, uh, Mohammed Ibn Musa al Khwarizmi, probably butchered that name, and Bothias. So if all his works were lost, how do we know that there were 13 books? Right. And also, like, can we just appreciate the fact that he wrote 13 books on sacred geometry? Yeah. Because 13 is a very sacred number. It is a uh, Fibonacci number, which we'll get into. Yeah. I mean, it's also a number associated with Christ as well, because he has his 12 disciples. And then with Christ as the figurehead, 13. Very good. Yeah. Didn't even think of that. Yeah, you know. This is going to be a fun episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to, to let people know what the golden ratio was. So yes. Euclid basically said, uh, if you have a line, you have one point A and one point B. Hang on a second. Divide that can you line. See, can, you see my, can you see my mouse right now? Yeah. Okay, cool. There All it right. is. There. Is, there it is. Will, will this help? Yes. Yes, very much so. All right, so. Um, can that be blown up? Or is that I, just I, the way it'd be? I, I can blow it up a little bit more. There you go. So yeah, you see that line has A and B. That line that's coming um, up, uh, the perpendicular, that is what, no, the perpendicular one, not the, the not the circular one. The one going, that divides A and B. Oh. That line that's dividing yes. A and B yeah. um, was what Euclid called point C. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the mean ratio. And so if you look at that, um, if you add A plus B lengths, um, A, B, together is equal to the ratio of a to b right and that goes on forever and you can keep making it and that's how all those little squares are made in that that image uh, is made on the the golden ratio and so if you divide um a by b or both together by the long section, either way you want to go. If you want to divide A by B, or if you want to divide A plus B divided by A, you're going to get the uh, number um, 1.618033988749894848820 dot, 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 because not even supercomputers have found the end of this one. And I would argue that phi is even cooler than pi because would of all you? things. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Because of all the things in nature, like the the way seeds are grown and all that. But we're gonna get into that. But um, okay, okay, uh, definitely cooler in that sense. I mean, circles are cool, but <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, everything in space turns into a sphere. Yep. Um, but yeah, the golden ratio is found by dividing a line two parts so that the long part divided by the short part is equal to the whole length divided by the long part, and it's denoted by the Greek letter phi. Um, in mathematics and in layman's terms, it's basically when everything is around 61.8% bigger than the thing before it. Just to not be so mathematical. That's what's going on. And uh, it's also called the, the golden mean or golden section. Those just don't sound as cool. 
Right. Golden ratio sounds pretty great. Um, so since... Or you, or you could say 61.8% less large than the thing before. It depends on which direction you're going on the line. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so um, mathematicians, like you said, since Euclid, they've studied a bunch of the properties of the golden ratio. Yes. That includes everything from like its appearance in dimensions of like a regular pentagon and in a golden rectangle you can cut them into squares and a smaller rectangle with the same aspect ratio um and we use this to analyze the proportions of pretty much everything everything <laughs> um you also wrote here too which i wanted to look into more but i didn't get a chance to um, that they can analyze the proportions of natural objects as well as man-made systems such as financial markets. Yes. Um, how does that work? <laughs> um, God, I forgot the ratio they base like banking on. Um, there's a logarithm. So um, you could you could predict certain ways that the financial markets. Yeah, will, based will... based on interest and inflation and all these right. other things. Um, you boil it all down, you get something very close to the golden mean. Right. Which yeah. that that's insane. It is. It's insane. It so why the, the golden ratio is is interesting is it's connects literally most aspects of life. Um there are people who theorize with like the discovery of the God particle and stuff like that, that once we discover the the end to the golden ratio will kind of discover the the reason not only that we're here but but how we we came to be and they say that if you trace it back far enough mathematically that you'll be able to reach the source that is creation too so there's like hmm. a mystical aspect to the math um right and this and is where the this is where the crazy smart people come in the crazy quantum mechanists mechanic mathematicians who understand all these theories in ways that my brain can't even begin to comprehend. And they start piecing these things together and finding out answers to the universe and discovering whatever you want to call it, the true I, source, God. It's, yeah. it's insane. And, 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 and getting even cooler, you can do this at home. If you um, make the golden angle, so if you take the golden ratio, the 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 angle of it mm -hmm. is approximately 137.5 degrees. So if you take two pieces of paper and make them 137.5 degrees apart, okay. you can actually see how plants grow and how they obtain the most sunlight possible. So if you put one petal down and then put one petal 137.5 degrees away from that petal and continue that cycle... Okay. It's almost infinite petals and yeah. the amount of petals, which we'll get into will always correspond to a Fibonacci number, which is nuts. <laughs> so um, the amount of sunlight um, that a plant can absorb, if you use any other angle other than this angle, you'll get less sunlight. Interesting. I found that mind boggling. And so the obtuse angle of it is 222.5. If you do the math, but, um, Either way, if you make that little 
angle and and keep putting the leaves 137.5 away you'll always look just like that sunflower right there so and this that's how the seeds grow too this is the golden ratio and i liked this image because it takes that diagram that we were looking at and it, it puts it in a way that it is easy for your brain to both understand and appreciate because you can see it here in the flower you can see it in this woman's face right here which would be like the ideal face structure that you would want we can see it in the pyramids the shape of the ear in paintings leonardo da vinci was, was yes. very famous for that yes um, um you could spend an entire lifetime trying to just study like there are certain parts of, of sacred geometry that people dedicate their lives to um mm -hmm. like certain um like there are certain um uh jewish rabbis who will study certain aspects of the the sephirot which is the tree of life there are people who could literally study um certain aspects of sacred geometry from the golden ratio to the fibonacci to uh simply like mandalas and stuff like that you could study it for a lifetime and you'll never you'll never come to an answer you'll just be more and more mystified by the mathematic precision of the universe yeah i, I think i took like over 30 pages of notes yeah on um the different the different polygons and mm -hmm. uh you know back when i was reading eli foss levi a lot um but yeah uh leonardo da vinci he uh if you look at the vitruvian man is the one where the man is like you know in the circle inscribed circle yes and like they say that the length of your arms uh correlates what do they say what length is it? your arm Vitruvian man yeah correlates see, to, from your navel to your toes up. at exactly the golden ratio like the the length between your between your eyes and to your nose is the golden ratio like there's so many different aspects to this and that's what uh leonardo da vinci did with that piece the vitruvian man let me see if i can um my computer's but pissed. it is definitely odd uh, a lot of people uh will say that it's not exact like you won't get exactly to the point you know 1.618 um you know whatever it is zero three three whatever yeah zero three four whatever um that but again like in fibonacci which we need to discuss fibonacci uh hang on let me let, let me just people know what we're talking about let me just share this real quick. Just so people can remember what the Vitruvian man looks like. So this image right here. Yeah. So yeah, he's basically showing the measurements between and certain have, parts of the body. You have the square. Inside. You got the circle. Yes. Very cool stuff. Yep. All right. So let me get my fibonacci stuff up so yeah fibonacci and golden ratio pretty much correlate perfectly and i'll tell you why all right so this is the fibonacci sequence just easy right so people can so, follow along <clears throat> let's go from my notes and give you a little history okay um fibonacci leonardo of piso or leonardo pisano bagolo uh fibonacci fibonacci was his nickname uh he first introduced <clears throat> the series of numbers known as the fibonacci sequence in his book um what did i say liber obviously yeah Li liber obviously in 1202 and uh he was a member of an important italian trading family in the 12th and 13th centuries and being part of the trading family mathematics was an important part of business and 
he traveled throughout the Middle East and uh, India and was captivated by the mathematical ideas from his travels. Basically, he robbed the Hindus of their math. And uh, he wrote it in a book, the uh, Liber Abbasis, so that uh, Western mathematicians would stop using Roman numerals because that shit is less effective. Um, so he's known for the guy that brought Indian math to Europe. And keep in mind, uh, side note, that Hindus recorded the Fibonacci sequence as early as the 6th century, but somehow Fibonacci got all the credit. Um, and yeah, he's the one that uh, is attributed for giving us this series, even though some documents show it was it was thought about and talked about in India back in the 6th century. Maybe um, we'll do a deep dive into um, Hindu culture because a lot of our religious, our Western religious um institutions actually come from you can trace their origins back past sumeria to vedic uh religious institutions as well so we've not only stolen uh certain religious aspects from the hindus but we've also stolen math art um that the indian people came up with a lot of what we use today yep so here's the definition um the Fibonacci sequence is defined as the sequence of numbers in which each number in the sequence is equal to the sum of the two numbers that were before it. It's pretty simple and it's really fun. And here's where the mind blower comes in. The, lo- the If you continue down this chain in the sequence, which I think any <laughs> idiot can do, um, if you divide 144 by 233 or the other way around you're either going to get 1.618 or 0.618 yep and it's it's ridiculous and the further down the line you get the closer you get to the longer decimal place in in the golden ratio so how these things came together i don't know but it's amazing very fun to look into it's it's interesting how years later too the golden ratio is discovered and it's kind of incongruence with um with the golden ratio yeah you need one to have the other essentially yeah no they're 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 almost parallel in there um so one of the easiest examples aside from doing the math right here for those of you i know some of you guys like the band tool one of the easiest songs that describes the fibonacci sequence is lateralis by tool i know they're it's jokes about them being meta and stuff like that but if you listen to the way that the lyrics and the verses are structured in that song. He's showing you the Fibonacci sequence because the way he, he speaks, the way he delivers each line is in the Fibonacci sequence because he goes black, which is one, then, which is one white R, which is two. All I can see, which is three in my infancy, five syllables, red and yellow then came to be, which is eight reaching out to me now we're going back to five lets me see and if you follow the pattern of the song and you follow the instruments that are used in the song the entire song is built around the fibonacci structure and that's a really fun little exercise you can do with the math to to see how they they built that song and a lot of bands unknowingly write songs in a fibonacci sequence using a one one two three five structure so yeah, it's... Was, I'm looking up old composers that actually, so like uh, Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, yep. Debussy, Sati, my favorite. Your, your favorite, Sati, your boy. 
he is. And they all used that exactly in their in their compositions. So so not only does um not only is the math cool and does it play out in nature, but like it li- quite literally plays in into art and and music and all different aspects of artistic thought. It's really cool. Right. And for you real math nerds, um, there is a recursive recursive mathematical formula if you like coding or anything like that. So like if, yeah. if you have uh, f of n, um, you have f1 and then f2, like f subscript 1, f subscript 2, that'd be the 1 plus 1 and the 1 plus 2. But when you get to the 2 plus 3, that's your f of n. And you can just say f of n equals fn minus 1. So go back a place. And then Fn minus plus Fn minus two. So know where you where you are on the sequence. You know that you're adding the last two things before it to get yep. to your next thing. And uh, in nature, the growth as well as the self renewal of cell populations um, lead to the generation of hierarchical patterns and tissues, like what he's showing up here, um, that resemble the pattern of population growth in rabbits, even. Yeah. Um, and it's all explained by the classical Fibonacci sequence. So you can look at any of those things. And what uh, Jareth is showing you here is how leaves are structured and seeds are structured. And if you count them, if you count the diagonals, actually. Mm-hmm. So if you drew a line um, through the diagonal diagonals, you're going to get one diagonal going left and one diagonal going right. And each of those numbers is going to be a Fibonacci number, guaranteed. You can even see it reflected here. Tell me that ain't trippy. In space. Right. Yeah. And actually one of the most common ones to see the Fibonacci in is is seashells. Yeah. That's one of the most common ones. You can pick any seashell up and you'll be able to see um the golden spiral in nature. Um if you think of it in terms of uh even weather events, um they have like naturally occurring patterns like like hurricanes, for example, right? You have mm-hmm. the circular the circular pattern um <clears throat> you have um hands and feet like you said they have five digits and they're divided into the three parts um, and each of those parts of a finger is the golden ratio right yeah looking at your 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 fingerprints even you know what i mean like it's yeah. <laughs> it's super trippy yeah and like the seashell um it's not exactly the golden ratio but the segments uh the distance between the segments are damn near 1.618 mm-hmm. so it's pretty trippy how most things in the universe and in, on our planet and even our own bodies <clears throat> and so correspond with with sacred geometry and the way that it affects the psyche um you have two different sides to your brain. You have the the left brain, which is your logical brain. It wants logical sequences. It wants objective data. It wants you to be able to look at the past and see the correspondences. Um, it's it's very much the uh, the scientific critic. And so what sacred geometry does is it gives you a, a mathematical um, structure by which you can measure the entirety of existence. Um, that's why people who have been working with things like the God particle and the golden ratio and these crazy scientists who are doing all these weird things that are probably going to end our universe and create another, 
Um, that's why they're, they're looking in, into these things because they, one of the biggest questions we as humans have is where did we come from? And we're always trying to get back to source. <clears throat> but if you actually look at it on a broader scale, we're actually all interconnected through sacred geometry because we all have these, these attributes mathematically that uh, connect us to one another, even though we're, we're individual bodies, we still have the same makeup. That's very um, poetic. <laughs> thank you. I like that. <laughs> um, because I talk, I often like to talk about the, the conscious and how there's the collective unconscious that, that connects us all, that we're all connected collectively unconsciously and we have this this memory that connects us all the way back um but we're we have an ego that keeps us in a, a very stationary you know very singular individual body um but if you actually look at the body and the way that it's made up well there will be variances in in genetics and stuff like that but a lot of the makeup is still the same um so in that way, we're all kind of interconnected too. If you think about the act of um, people, you know, copulating, it's it's man and woman joining back together and becoming one. You're connecting the anima, which is the uh, the female portion of the brain, and the animus, which is the uh, the male portion of the brain, and you're, you're combining them together. Um, and the other thing about sacred geometry too is it, it satisfies the right brain's desire uh, for random, intuitive, and subjective data, subjective, subjective data. Um, it's it's the study of the whole. So your your left brain's the the logical side, and your right brain is is the creative side. And so what sacred geometry does is it pleases both because you have the objective data and all that, but then you're also seeing these random patterns. Yeah. Um, it 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 goes into the sequential and the intuitive parts of your brain and it pleases yeah. both. Yeah. And go back <clears throat> to your, your gender thing, which I found fascinating when I was learning about it, I think it was like five years ago mm -hmm. was that men are more linear minded on average and uh, mm -hmm. women are more emotional and all over the place. And uh, the Fibonacci sequence uh, represents the female and their circular uh, way of thinking. And the golden ratio is more the linear square male, you know, Exactly. straight path to objective and and we all come together and we make these beautiful things but we never come together all the way exactly um you know? again you can't have you can't have one without the other and that's not to <clears throat> hark on any type of judeo-christian ideology that um that like you need to have you know man and woman be together no know, no all the time that, that's not to hark on that because if you're thinking of things, women can be very animus possessed, which is very male dominated in their thinking. They, they can do that. And men can be very anima possessed, which is very female and circular in their thinking. So every individual, we are, we are both male and female in a psychological sense, what you choose to let dominate you. And that's why you want to deal with the shadow and you want to, you want to try to bring your anima and your animus out and try to, to connect them together. That's more, um, in a physical sense, it's it's easier to see it represented with a man and a woman being together. But really, what it is, it's a it's all a story about the psyche because you have the male and the female versions of the mind. And so when they come together, they per they form the one perfect human. Yep. So and it's on a on a dumb note. 
If you haven't ever played the game Fibonacci, you can download it on your phone, and it's very fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> in talking about all of this stuff and interconnectedness, I wanted to leave us with a little bit of a quote from uh, Carl Jung, and this is taken out of, uh, I believe it's volume seven or eight of his works. Mm-hmm. might even be later. Um, but it, the work is called, it's a book called Psychology and Alchemy. And this is paragraph 126. This is a portion of the paragraph. It's not the whole paragraph. But I thought it was um, very interesting because it says, people will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own souls. They will practice Indian yoga and all its exercises. They will observe a strict regiment of diet, learn theosophy by heart, or mechanically repeat the mystic texts of literature of the whole world, all because they cannot get on with themselves and have not the slightest faith that anything useful could ever come out of their own souls. And so in talking about the golden ratio and the Fibonacci, the the male and the female portions of the brain and the psychology and all that, it's all about the unification of it and, and coming to terms with the fact that we all are very, very special in our own way. Um, and if we stop fighting one another and stop fighting ourselves, that things will eventually become a much more peaceful, utilitarian and animistic in nature society. And so I just like that little quote, and I wanted to throw that in there at the end. I just, I just learned something new. And I, I enjoyed your quote. Um, the distance between the tip of your finger and your wrist and your wrist to your elbow is also the golden mean. Yeah. So many, so many places. And so Carl Jung, he's, he was a famous Swiss uh, psychoanalysis. And in this picture here, you can see these are all mandalas that he drew using sacred geometry, the golden ratio, Fibonacci. And he drew these every day for huh. several years. He drew a different mandala every single day. Um, and what the, was his reasoning? <clears throat> it was a reflection of the self. Um, okay. And so if you ever like simply drawn a labyrinth like a little maze that goes inwards and then spirals outwards um or you've ever walked in the man-made labyrinth um the labyrinth it's it's symbolic of going within and finding the self and then coming back out again and then repeating the process over and over and labyrinths are very circular in nature and so the mandala is also made up of a bunch of circles and triangles and squares. And he thought and kind of proved it to be true that by drawing and meditating on these mandalas every day, that you would eventually um, through the artistic representation too, because he was very into like artistic expression to help bring out the individual. Um, he thought that it would help you find a better understanding of yourself through the monotonous because to draw the mandala, you need both sides of the brain. You need the artistic side and you also need the logical side. And so that's kind of a combination of the anima and the animus. And it was a practice that he was, uh, he did for a couple of years and he has a whole buttload of mandalas. You could like type in Carl Jung mandalas and you'll see a bunch of them and they're really cool and they're all really intricate they start out really shitty at first and as obviously he progresses they get better and better and better um what did he yeah. use to color it 
Was he using what medium? Was it medium? Was it paint? I think he painted. All right. I know, he, I know he painted in his later life. I'm not sure if he painted the mandalas, but I would imagine he probably did. I don't understand why. Um, I guess I do. Never mind. <laughs> so, yeah. Never mind. So that is the golden ratio. That is um, the Fibonacci sequence. And why they're important is it is it kind of gives us an interconnectedness to everything. So, yeah. We hope you guys... Uh, learn something new about it. There's tons of cool videos you can look at online too. Um, cool articles. Yeah. Just all sorts of fun crafts you can do at home, how to draw a perfect pentagram, how to make mm -hmm. your own mandalas, all that stuff. It's great. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely helps the artistic side. And then it'll also help if you're someone like me who like has trouble drawing like, like faces and stuff like that, practicing with all those circles and the triangles and squares and stuff like that. You'll eventually, You'll, you'll become better at your craft. So it's definitely a fun little thing to do and doodle. They're really fun to do. Yeah. All right. So that is going to wrap up. Oh, yeah, this. That's, that's always a fun conversation. What is? Do, do they, this golden ratio. Oh yeah. Uh, they, there was an exhibit in Chicago. I don't, I don't know if they still have it, but they go through all the things in nature that show the ratio there. Probably. They probably don't with COVID, but. That'd be cool to go see. Yeah, it would. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up this one. On the next one, we're going to talk about where the dinosaurs went. What killed them? <laughs> what scientists think happened? What scientists think happened? I think the jury's still out on it too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, pretty much anything uh, pre-1200, nobody seems to know much. <laughs> yeah. So... We'll be doing some research and we'll get into that and we'll uh we'll see you guys on the next one. Have a good day. Look at some mandalas, it'll make you feel better. Serotonin. Yes. Yeah, please please look into Fibonacci and the golden ratio. I spent a year, maybe two, and I was absolutely fascinated, intrigued yeah. by all of it. All right. Wonderful stuff. Love you all. <laughs>